The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. Reiki has been proven to bring you balance and peace, as well as improve your health. It's a healing method that works with other alternative methods, as well as conventional medical practices, to encourage and enhance personal healing on a number of levels. Now, to tell you more about Reiki and better health, here is Paula Vale. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of For the Love of Reiki. Paula V. here, and today... We are discussing the topic of facing adversity. I am here with Robert Hasse, and he is an inspiration to so many, and I am so happy to have him here today and so honored. Robert is a licensed massage therapist going into 27 years, and Robert, I'm just going to jump right in there and say welcome and thank you. I'm so happy. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I understand you are in your 27th year in the massage profession. How did you get into that? And tell us, where has your profession taken you? Well, you know, I originally got my degree in business and marketing from Western Washington University years ago, and um, I achieved all my career goals really quickly out of college. And uh, my goals were kind of silly back then. I wanted to live in a certain city and drive a certain kind of car and make a certain amount of money. And I did that. I realized I wasn't really fulfilled. And at the time, I was doing uh, marketing work for a commercial steel building company. And they built large commercial buildings like Boeing and big companies like that. And I was always kind of, and in my day, I'd, you know, my, my wife would say, what would you do today? And I'd say, I, well, I went to lunch and signed some contracts. But it wasn't fulfilling. I would see these these men who were building these buildings, and they would go home and they would say, I built that, you know. And so I wanted to be doing something, and I started thinking, what could I do that's more productive? And I took a class in massage therapy on a whim, on a weekend workshop, and fell in love with the idea of using my hands to make a difference and help people. And so as soon as I did that, I just fell in love with that process. I took the class one more time and decided to sell everything go back to school and be a massage therapist. And uh, that was a huge cut in pay, but I was a lot happier. Oh, I love that. I love that. You you chose to do something that fed your passion right. in, in your heart. That yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's really helpful. You know, when you see somebody who's hurt and they have a headache or they have back pain, and you can just use your hands and your tools that you carry with you and be able to take that pain away. And that's kind of where I excelled. I really became... I'm known for injury treatment. I have a knack for helping people uh, out of pain, and that's kind of where it took me. I, from that point, I started opening up uh, clinics first in health clubs, and I went on to work with uh, physicians, uh, and uh, later on had my own office next to a number of therapists and physicians uh, in Olympia, Washington. And from that point, I decided to actually start educating therapists on a larger scale. And I opened up uh, the first school in the country fully located in the hospital. 
and it was called the Body Mechanics School of Myotherapy Massage. It was we were in the hospitals. It's now under different ownership and different focus, but I really enjoyed uh, educating therapists and helping them out of the shoot, helping them know how to do the techniques that I was doing. And from there, uh, I hit the school for about 10 years, and then uh, 2008, things started to change for me. Tell us. Tell us about those changes, Rob. Well, 2008 was a crazy year. The school at the time, we were getting all of our uh, students were getting student loans, and of course, as you know, the economy started to tank at that point. And I went from having a small business to having quite a large business and a large overhead. And I signed for everything. I signed for all the leases and and everything. And so... uh, when that money came to a screeching halt, uh, I, I lost everything. I lost my school. I lost my home. I went bankrupt. Um, I had a, uh, a marriage that ended at the same time. And then I got a phone call that same year from a doctor saying, by the way, you have cancer. And uh, I was diagnosed with squamous cell carcinoma of the tongue. And uh, since that time until the fall of 2013, I had had uh, about... 10 surgeries and or major biopsies and procedures. And uh, the fall of 13, things changed. It went from something that I could live with to them telling me they were taking half of my tongue. And I said, what do you mean half? He said, the left half. We're going to cut it right down the center and replace it with tissue from your arm. And if all goes well, you'll be able to speak again. Wow. So I was nervous. I, you know, I quickly made some changes with my business. I uh, brought some massage therapists together and videotaped seminars. At that point, I was doing a lot of seminars nationally in my education, doing continuing education programs, and uh, had the surgery done. And uh, in the last, you know, two two and a half years now, I've been learning how to speak all over again, so I could articulate and enunciate my words. Uh, had to get my thesaurus out and find different words. Certain words are so hard to say. Um, but trying to learn to speak now differently. And, and now my seminars are taking a bit of a different focus as well. Yes, yes. And, oh, my gosh, that is that is so amazing to go through that challenge and come out of that. And now you continue to go around the country and to other countries speaking and teaching. That is just so inspiring. Yeah, the last 10 years um, have really focused on uh, starting to do continuing education programs. Actually, I taught my first continuing education program as a professional therapist uh, in 2001. But after the school closed, I brought that back and started really just just doing uh, the CE classes. My main course I've taught is called Secrets of Deep Tissue. It's an injury treatment program for therapists and you know, chiropractors and massage therapists and PTs take that. And I enjoy that, and it's been a lot of fun, and many, many people have been helped and able to be out of pain from that. There's a saying that they said there's not so many, so much how many apples are in a tree, but how many trees are in an apple. You know, by being an educator like I am, and each person I help learn these techniques are helping thousands of people in return. You know, so you help thousands and thousands of therapists, and you have yes. helping millions of people in the result. Yes. And it's been satisfying, but my focus now... My desire is to do more of encouragement. Um, my my great aunt, we were last summer talking um, about the treatments I had gone through, and, and uh, maybe we should talk about that first. Yes, please. So the treatment I had gone through afterwards, I had to go through um, having, of course, a hemiglossectomy, and I put a peg tube in my stomach so I could speak uh, as well as, uh, I'm sorry, be able to eat, uh, not have to use my mouth for a bit, because radiation is just 
crazy hard on your body as well as the chemotherapy. It's poison, you know. And so I'd gone through all that, and um, then in January, so it's a few months later, I had no white blood cells at all. And they were telling me that uh, be careful, you can get sick easily. Well, I still hopped on a plane, went to Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show. Bad idea. You know, you're on a concealed small plane. You're <laughs> you're around other people carrying diseases from all over the world. And you're spending a half million uh, people around you with the show, and you have all these environmental issues. And I came back, and about 36 hours after I came back, I had gone to bed and I didn't wake up. Uh, short story is they found me uh, under my covers in complete rigor, unresponsive. My eyes rolled back. Oh my! I wasn't breathing. And they found out that I had not only had pneumonia, but I had systemic sepsis and respiratory failure. And they brought me back from that. So basically, I was, for all intents and purposes, darn near dead. Yeah. And uh, that really changed my perspective. You know, life is short. Yes. <laughs> and yes. what am I doing every day? What, you know, first to realize that we're blessed, and even the smallest things were blessed. And yes. to take, take uh, account of that, that not to complain, but the fact that I woke up this morning and I'm alive is a blessing, right? So yes. now that I have that life, what do I do with it? And so my focus is changing now and saying, how can I bless people? How can I make a difference? And I, I hate the idea of the word, I hate the word motivational seminars, motivational speaking, but I encouragement speaking probably is a better word that people, regardless of what they're facing or what adversity they're coming up against. And that doesn't just mean at home, it could be their marriage, it could be you know, child issues, it could be your job, um, it can be having being effective in your job. Whatever the case is, whatever adversity you're facing, how do you how do you see that? How do you work through it? And uh, our thought processes are a very very powerful thing. And so, um, even getting through the cancer, I remember back when I had the pneumonia and systemic sepsis and respiratory failure all at once. My daughter's friend, her father, same age as me, just had the pneumonia that week. Same pneumonia. Uh, pneumonia was going around, and and he died from that, just that alone. So the fact that I'm here is a complete gift. Yes. And I daily beautiful. ask myself, okay, I've been given the second chance now, yes. so what am I going to do with that time? What do I do with it? Yeah. Oh, oh, I love that, Robert. What a what an outlook, and and yes, I mean. That just changed your whole viewpoint. And if, if those of us that haven't experienced something like that, if we can take something from that and pick up a little bit of that wow moment, I'm waking up today. I have today. What am I going to do with today? That is, that's huge. Yeah, I have a blog called Not What You Had Planned. And I kind of, you know, I don't do as many posts on it now. It's uh, more infrequent, but... You know, constantly I would end every blog post with, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a blessed man. Yes. And uh, I am, you know, it's the smallest of things that we find ourselves are blessings. I've got amazing daughters. I, I, but going down to the very smallest of things are just waking up, you know. Yes. That night before I almost died, you know, I went to bed fully expecting I was waking up the next morning, right? And when you don't, you wake up a day and a half later in the hospital. The tubes come out of your mouth and you can't speak. You have... Uh, a dozen bags of antibiotics being pushed into your system because they don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, it's just scary, you know. And so that whole process it has to change you. And if it doesn't, um, that's not a good thing. But I guess you can. There's yes. an expression I've often heard: Did what you go through make you bitter, or did it make you better? 
Oh, and, that's beautiful. Yeah, bitter or better. And so for me, um, I, I think it's a decision we make every day that um, decide, you know, are we going to be bitter about what's happening or think, okay, well, this is a force in my life and something is taking place and um, how am I going to react to uh, to that, right? And so. Yes. Yeah. Because really, we can set our mind in either direction there. Exactly. We really can. Yeah, and just the power of... Uh, I'm not sure how much time we have left here, but you know, the power of our words and the, and the time uh, we have. You know, as a kid, my father was in the Navy, and back then they didn't have, you know, TiVo and DVDs to watch. So he read books, and he, uh, during his college days prior and during his days on the, the ship, he was six months at a pop, he learned about hypnosis. And he became very good. They actually brought ships together to sea once, and he uh, entertained the troops, and he brought them into the sick bay and helped out with people who were in pain and, and he would have walked them through that. And he told me as a kid, and he said, you know, what you say is very, very powerful. Oh, yes. He said, when I discipline you and say something negative, I have to say seven positive things to undo the, just to bring it neutral, yes. to make it neutral again. He said, but as you talk to people, he said, be careful of what you say because you have so much power in your words and uh, you can use that for good or for bad. And so uh, the choices are to be made. Are we going to put people down? Are we going to bless them instead with how we encourage them every day and the smallest yes. of things even what you say to them can make a world of difference oh that's that's tremendous and that is so true yeah. and so huge so this is we just have a, a couple more moments till the break so with your webinars now you this is the type of encouragement you you give yeah i actually haven't done webinars yet uh, i've done okay. some some video trainings and things for the people in our program but i'm on, on location i teach about 20 times a year i do the secrecy tissue course i'm about to go off to des moines iowa shortly and teach there and uh, just got back from chicago and teach that course but uh, i'm also looking um, more towards the encouragement speeches and working with people i've been asked to speak uh, this summer for a cancer group uh, to help people with that. And, uh, you know, the seminars that I've heard have always been about, you know, cancer. And it's not about cancer. It's about our thought process about that. We're all going to die. Right. right? How we is react die. to it. Yeah, yes. life is a death sentence. The question yes. is what we're going to do while we're alive yes. and how as we live. Oh, that is absolutely fascinating. And so you help and, you know, you have this in in your life, what you've gone through, and the focus you have now with your seminars and traveling is to guide massage therapists, help them to be better at what they do, but also you're giving them that inspiration and that en- encouragement from Right. Well, what it's funny. I, you know, my seminars aren't cheap. It costs money to advertise mm-hmm. and to rent you know, facilities mm-hmm. at, at uh, convention centers and such. And I've had so many people uh, over the last few, couple of years after the economy crashed saying, I'd love to take your seminars. I just, I'm broke and can't afford to. And, you know, I thought, you know, no massage therapist should be broke. No, no bodywork practitioner should be. If they know how to market themselves properly, they could be busier. And so I decided, well, maybe we should make these therapists smarter in the area of marketing and teach them how to communicate what they're offering to their, yes. their potential clients. So I actually have a, a free seminar coming up in Tacoma here in March. It just sold out today, as a matter of fact. We have, have 400 people coming uh, for that event. 
and uh, you know, just to to give a free class on how do you how do you educate people on what yes. you do, you know, and uh, we can either steal from other therapists or we can uh, convert people into be receivers of massage therapy, um, and uh, and that's kind of what I'm teaching them to do is how do you convert people who weren't getting massage before into getting massage now. I love that convert more people into realizing. The benefits of massage. Right. It's kind of like churches. And, I see sometimes yes. they can steal people from other churches yes. or they can convert people, you know. So yes. it's not a religious experience so much. I suppose some massage is, but, you know, the question is, do we just try to convince them to come to us instead or do we say, hey, you're not receiving massage. This is why you should. This oh, is the benefit you receive. receive. Yeah. Yes. I. Oh, I love that, Robert. And we are going to take a moment here to go to commercial, everyone. But we will be back in just a few minutes with more information from Robert. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. You bet. Are you ready to experience the wonderful healing benefits of Reiki? Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki, one of the top shows on Voice America's health and wellness channel, has put together the Love of Reiki Practitioner Directory. It is a growing list of practitioners and teachers of Reiki and other healing modalities. Go to lovereikiradio.com to search for a practitioner or teacher in your area, as well as products and materials from around the world. Again, that's lovereikiradio.com. Hi, I'm Kristen Eichel. Join Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki and I, along with millions of other Reiki and energy healers worldwide, as we create the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife. Beginning from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. this Saturday and the third Saturday of every month in your time zone, this healing wave of prayer and positive energy will ripple around the planet, creating a 24-hour wave of Reiki, love, and healing to all the members of the animal kingdom. Animals feed us, they clothe us, they comfort us, and inspire us. We live with them in our homes and in our communities, and we send this healing wave of light to them to express our gratefulness to them for their gifts to all humanity. Please join with us as we create a new movement of Reiki energy with the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Write to Paula to share your thoughts and experiences with Reiki. Paula at wellnessinspired.com. You're listening to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. We would love to hear about your Reiki stories as well as your questions about Reiki. Paula will answer questions and share stories on the show. Please send an email to Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Again, that's Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Now, back to For the Love of Reiki. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, I am here with Robert Hasse, and he is discussing facing adversity as well as information about his seminars. He has been a massage therapist professional for 27 years, and if you're just tuning in, we Robert just shared with us his miraculous personal story and what he has gone through and, and the vision he gives to so many of us. And I, I would like to ask you right now, Robert, uh, you are a 
Myotherapist. Myotherapist, yeah. Myotherapy is the word massage is a funny word. I mean, people say that the IRS is coming next week. I need to massage the numbers, or (laughs) (laughs) right. So I hate the word massage because it might mean different things to different people. But myotherapy specifically means muscle therapy, affecting the muscles so much that you're affecting posture, or maybe neuro or muscular work and those kinds of things. So our our work is a bit different from the standpoint of helping people get pain walk without pain and stand up more erratic, be able to be uh, in health, not just making them feel fluffy and happy while they're getting a massage. So, Robert, when I have a massage and they work on my muscles, that actually affects my posture? It can. I did not know that. Yeah, so if you do the proper work, and we do a number of things. As a matter of fact, there's not really one style of body work that fixes everything. Uh, I say in my course that I'm kind of the Betty Crocker of massage therapy and that I want to give them the recipe. So, for example, if I gave you a box of ingredients and said here's some sugar and chocolate of course and salt and flour and go make something and all the students in my course took that box home and made something at the end of the day when they came back how many would have the exact same thing well none and so the reason is it's a recipe of putting those ingredients together or if they walked into a class on cooking and they saw this master chef there and they saw the ingredients on the counter they wouldn't say well i've seen those ingredients before and go home they would say what's the recipe and so body work comes down to not just how we affect the tissue, but the recipe of that. Uh, I had been comparing techniques for years before I uh, started my, my school, and I kept comparing my early days, and I had a, a situation that came up where I applied it differently and more intense, uh, and I found out it was different, different change. And I thought, well, it's the same as cooking a cake in the oven for 375 for 45 minutes versus 500 degrees for two hours. Yes. Same ingredients, different results. Yes. And body work is that way. You know, we have the, the final ingredient, of course, is us. It's our hands and our intents and how we affect that, that person just by our very presence with them. Um, but uh, it's those techniques. and um, So that was a, a big piece as far as understanding that. Uh, the injury treatment piece, you know, I've been done massage for a long time. I've given tens of thousands of massage. But there's not one, like I said, one style that fixes it. I do love, um, I had gone through schooling and I had done a cadaver course. You know, oh, and and it's, it's, it doesn't really tell you what the body's like. As a matter of fact, if I handed you a piece of beef jerky and said, here, this is this is like filet mignon, you'd say, well, no, it's not. And that's kind of what cadavers are. So I ended up uh, becoming, long story short, an autopsy assistant for two years with the coroner's office and learned so much about the body and how that affects uh, what's actually going on. And it sounds funny, but most anatomy books are drawn based on cadavers. Well, as you sit there in this chair right now, obviously our backsides kind of spread a bit as we sit. And the same thing is true with these cadavers. They are a bit whiter on the backside. And so there's actually errors in anatomy books oftentimes on the actual tissue, what it looks like in, in reality. So I, it challenged me to probably understand the body differently and do more research. And so eventually, of course, started my school from there. Um, but the, the techniques I've been working with has just been a series of comparing and playing with the techniques and how do you improve upon those and um, and help people out of pain. Oh, oh, fantastic! And I was I was gonna say too. I say you know as I I mentioned about my father and our words, uh, it's true about healing process as well. You know, and um, I don't want to pick on any certain group of people who have injuries, but there's a psychological piece to that as well. So. When we have um, like fibromyalgia patients, oftentimes there's a really emotional piece. And I'll say, hey, how you been? And they go, oh, well, the pain is like, no, how are you? Well, the pain. <laughs> and the pain is who they are. They're, it's one yes. and the same, and they can't yes. separate that. And so as I talked about that, I mean, years ago, I was out in the yard working, and 
sunny and I'm playing my, my rock music from my high school days and I'm dirty pulling blackberry vines and then my my friend came up and saw me and he said, oh my gosh, you scraped, you scraped your, your arm there. It's all, it's bleeding. I looked down at my arm and sure enough, it was bleeding until that very second, I didn't feel any pain. And now that I looked at it, the salt was getting into it and the sweat and now I'm in pain. And so by him pointing out my pain, yes. I was in more pain. Yeah. And so as we talk to people, we often focus on, focus on where we're at versus focus on where we want to go. So in driver's ed, you're on the freeway, what do they tell you to look? Do you look at the front of your car or do you look down the street or down the freeway on where you want to go? And so we end up going where we focus. And if we're looking at pain, we're focusing on pain, guess where we're going to be? Yes. We're going to be in pain. You know. So we, we as therapists um, really have a huge opportunity to help our clients. And uh, you know, for medical studies, when the doctors are going to check a new drug, they have a control group who gets nothing. They get a you know, a group against placebo. It's not even sugar pill. It's actually an inert ingredient that will affect their blood sugar levels. And there's those who get the actual medication. And there's always, always, always an efficacious response to people who take placebo. So they get some kind of benefit because the brain is so powerful. But if a doctor is if done this before, they've said, hey, you know, I'm lying to you. <laughs> They're lying. But they say, guess what? You're getting the actual drug. This is so cool. It's changing science as we know it. It's, it's going to change you. It's going to be so great. And they lie to them double the efficaciousness of placebo. Yes. So I've learned from that, and my father is talking to me about the power of my words, is as I talk to my clients and patients I'm working with, I can help them get well just by how we think. Yes. You know, and yes. so for, there's probably someone, in your, people who are listening to this, there's probably someone in your life that I could mention their name, you would get an instantaneous headache, right? Yes. And so if my words can cause you pain, my words can also cause you healing. And so that's really an amazing part of our work that we do is that we can help people not just with our hands, but by our how we talk to them and how we help them think about the future and not focusing on the maybe a horrible circumstance you're going through at the moment. Yes, because the, the words that we hear from others can really set a direction of where our mind goes and how right. we feel. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, you know, I just have to say that. That just is so true, Robert. When we're in pain, it's so hard to get away from that. I myself have had three neck surgeries. Mm-hmm. And before the second surgery, it was an acute spinal in- injury, and I was in this horrendous pain. But I was determined to carry on and just not focus on it. But it took everything I had not to just be enveloped in that pain. Right. That's a difficult thing for people. It is. And even just, um, I know a lot of people are on um, hard narcotics, they're on pain blocking um, medications. And there's narcotic withdrawal syndromes and things, but there's a a situation where we're finding that people who are on pain meds for a year or longer are actually truly probably out of pain. But what they're feeling every day is that temporary withdrawal between doses and their body will actually, the muscles are almost sentient. It's almost like they have a mind of their own, and they will throw you into a tizzy that will repeat all the possible pain you've ever had. I had a, a client, actually, and she was on a number of antidepressants and antipsychotic medications, and she went to rehab to get off of those. And so for a 28-day period, she was going off of them, and she told me even from those, not even pain pills, just those, that she was going through withdrawals, her body 
replicated every single injury she'd ever had in her entire life just to get a dose of medicine. Wow. And that pain pills that people are on, the hard narcotics, is that we're daily going through withdrawals. And if they would just mm-hmm. get off of them entirely, most people who are long-term on long-term pain meds have less pain afterwards than they would have had prior. And so oh. we can retrain our brains and reset them uh, like computers almost to uh, decide what to do with that input. Our body and our brain is just so amazing, isn't it? It is, that yeah. Is... Yeah, touch is... Uh, <sighs> It's, it's, it's still baffling to me how, how amazing the effect of just doing massage therapy and, and uh, again, you have therapists who care and they, you, know, you put your hands on someone, just that touch you know, yes. is, is healing. They've done touch deprivation studies in the past and how, how horrible that can be. Well, the reverse is also true. Mm-hmm. You know, I was asked by a, a hospital a number of years ago to speak on a panel and there was medical doctors and chiropractors and all these different alternative care providers. And I said, okay, a patient has this condition, what would you do? And they got to me and I said, you know, if you doctors would just relax and give your, your patients a hug once in a while saying it's going to be okay. Yes. You know, being okay doesn't mean you're completely healed, but it means it's going to be okay. Yes. And uh, the person can just kind of relax and allow the healing to take place versus mm-hmm. stressing about what they can't control, right? Yeah. So our thought processes are a big part of that healing. Yeah, because I would think if they're just stressed about that pain and what's going to happen it's almost going to create just a vibration that's just going to intensify it it does your your thought process about everything you know when you you start to dwell on things that you can't control and it starts to create this uh this craziness i you know i um it's just it's it's like working with fascia i'm not sure if you've ever heard this before but people who myofascial work they talk about uh, fascia works and there's a study that or a technique that my teachers in my massage school that I used to own would do with our students and they would take cornstarch and water and make kind of a paste and if you push really fast on it it would actually seize up and resist your pressure but if you let go you'd slide right through it and fascia is that way for example so when we try to work on our people's bodies and with too much speed the body will resist that but if you just go slowly it will open up to it and our minds are the same way when you push and you're trying to fix everything at that yes. moment, and we're trying to worry and stress, how can we possibly be healing while we're going through all that angst? Yes. You know? Where if we can quiet ourselves and become even almost in a meditation state right. and relax, exactly. a, a lot can be accomplished with that. Can't right. It? You know, yeah, exactly. And that just believing we're going to be well, you know, uh, regardless of what your faith is, you know, I uh, I have my belief system uh, that, I, that I follow, and but as we think, um, has a huge control about the outcome of what takes place. You know, just having faith in anything, it's been proven to have positive results. And we have, we know it's not going to work out. We're fearful, like, no, I'm going to die, or no, it's, I'm not going to get heals, or no, this isn't going to work. Uh, things kind of end up being true. You know? yeah. So whatever you say ends up being almost the truth with that. So um, I talk to my, my patients, I tell them exactly when they're going to feel better. Oh. My low back technique. Yes. I know when they get off the table, they're gonna they're gonna feel well. If it doesn't, I won't charge them. They're like, why would you do that? Because I know it's gonna work. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, and certain things take longer to get better. And I tell them what that's gonna look like, and and they see that take place. But I talk more about the future. You know, or you have a person with fibromyalgia, for example, who's in pain, and uh, you know, we keep talking about that. Essentially, that scratch on the skin that they didn't feel before, where they keep talking about how's this pain, how's this pain. But instead of saying, hey, what did you do before? What did you do before all this happened for fun? Why go hiking? Well, why do you want to go hiking when you're better? 
you know, let's talk about that. Let's have a big picture on your refrigerator of that trail you want you want to go back to and see again. But stop lingering about what you can't do or how bad things right. are now and start seeing what, where you're going to go. Seeing where they're going to go and what right. they'll be doing and see themselves pain Keep your eyes free. on the road. Ahead, yes. Right? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. And uh, with your knowledge of the body and physiology, it's really this has affected your whole process in what you do, hasn't it? It has. I mean, I, I know from a pathology standpoint, I know the truth about the odds. And the odds are scary. I mean, for what, I, what I've gone through with tongue cancer and, and the intensity of what I dealt with, it's very, very scary. But I also realize that my body is like a computer, and I can reprogram that. And I can focus on um, the fact that I know I'm going to be healed. I know I'm going to be well. I know I have a purpose on this, on this planet. And while I'm here, I'm going to get some work done. I'm going to help people. I'm going to make a, make a difference. And, and if I'm just sitting around thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. You know, I have a friend who just emailed me, childhood friend who's got uh, brain cancer. He sent me an email basically saying, you know, it looks like my time's going to be up. I'm probably going to die soon. And I felt so bad for him because I'm realizing that he's speaking whatever truth he speaks is likely what's going to happen, you know. Yes. And uh, I'm going to go visit him tomorrow and talk and mm-hmm. encourage him. But it's, uh, it's so frustrating to see people who are say, well, I just need to give in to this. It's like, well, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Like, no, it doesn't have to be. Gentleman on a, a novice you had planned. I did a, a video with him, and he's a firefighter in Olympia, a neat guy. And uh, Jim is—he's uh, got stage four lung cancer. It's, it's a death sentence, you know. And he, but his perspective is no, I'm going to live with this and deal with this. And he's going through chemo. You wouldn't have any idea. He's going through chemotherapy. He's got his hair. He's got his vitality. He's uh, but he's like I'm. A, I got my daughters, and I said exactly. My daughters were why I got through what I was going through. And they told me what was taking place. Is I can't die. I have things yes. to do. I have a, I have to grandkids yet to yes. see. Not too soon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I have grandkids ahead, and uh, if all I focus on is like uh, I'm probably gonna die, and so I, I get my will in order and deal with my end of days issues, versus how how about what's going to happen ahead? Yes. That's it's amazing to look forward to. Uh, that affects it. So you had your daughters, and you were. Yes. No, I have my daughters. I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to be. So really, someone with something given to them, you know, how they take that, you know, a stage four sickness or something, they can change how they look at from I'm just going to die to, no, this is my reason I'm going to live. I'm going to live. I'm going to keep going. I'm just going to keep being positive. One of my favorite movies is Princess Bride. And, oh, uh, my yeah. too. <laughs> and there's this it. part where the, you know, Wesley's been mostly dead all day, you know, and, the, and yes. the, 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 the wizard puts his, the bellows and fills his lungs up and says, hey, what do you have to live for? You know, and it says true love. And, uh, you know, it's like you have to find out what do you, what's your purpose? Why do you want to live? And if you don't have a purpose, Start thinking about it. Get one. And the next purpose can change. You know, we can make plans, and those plans can change, but have a plan. Plan on something, you know. And, that, and uh, sometimes in life, you know, we, we go after something, and something gets in our way. And uh, let me give you an example. So when I first started my massage school, uh, I was looking to do just a small little class. I found out I had access to a room for free. How awesome is that? I could have had six whole students <laughs> in my school, and uh, the 
there was this woman teaching yoga and she had free access to it, but she had priority and she wouldn't give up the nights I needed to have it. And I was so frustrated I couldn't have that. And because of that, I ended up with a, another room, a bigger room, which required more rent, which required me to hire more teachers, which required us to be bigger. And we became this amazing school because of the extra staff I could hire that we couldn't have had if I was in that one little room doing all the work myself. Yes. So sometimes we get obstacles in our way that we think, oh, my gosh, this isn't going how I planned. Exactly. <laughs> Your plan yes. wasn't how it was supposed to be. There's supposed to be a, yes. a different plan. And those obstacles actually send you in a different direction temporarily that gets you around something, and the obstacle is actually there to protect you or give you a, a different uh, different direction you would never have thought of on I your own. I love that. And so, therefore, you can create a new plan, a better plan, right. you know, with that. Oh, I love this so much. Well, everyone, I'm afraid we have to pop out for a moment, but Robert and I will be right back, right after commercial break. All right. Hi, I'm Kristen Eichel. Join Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki and I, along with millions of other Reiki and energy healers worldwide, as we create the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife. Beginning from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. this Saturday and the third Saturday of every month in your time zone, this healing wave of prayer and positive energy will ripple around the planet, creating a 24-hour wave of Reiki, love, and healing to all the members of the animal kingdom. Animals feed us, they clothe us, they comfort us, and inspire us. We live with them in our homes and in our communities, and we send this healing wave of light to them to express our gratefulness to them for their gifts to all humanity. Please join with us as we create a new movement of Reiki energy with the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Write to Paula to share your thoughts and experiences with Reiki. Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Karala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you ready to experience the wonderful healing benefits of Reiki? Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki, one of the top shows on Voice America's Health and Wellness channel, has put together the Love of Reiki Practitioner Directory. It is a growing list of practitioners and teachers of Reiki and other healing modalities. Go to lovereikiradio.com to search for a practitioner or teacher in your area, as well as products and materials from around the world. Again, that's lovereikiradio.com. You're listening to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. We would love to hear about your Reiki stories as well as your questions about Reiki. Paula will answer questions and share stories on the show. Please send an email to Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Again, that's Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Now, back to For the Love of Reiki. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to... Facing Adversity, 
and I am here today with Robert Hasse, and he has has shared his amazing triumphs and what he has gone through. He's truly an inspiration, and also just so much information and wisdom. Robert, I just I just love everything you have shared with us. It is so beautiful, and and I would like to share with the listeners. Uh, briefly, if you could give us your website information and what they might find there and any particular of all your amazing videos or yeah. anything that you'd like well, to put out there. I have a website uh, for my therapy site called HasseMyotherapy.com and Hasse is H-A-A-S-E, uh, S is in Sam, E is in Edward, so H-A-A-S-E, Myotherapy, M-Y-O-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com. And we have some free resources on there and even as a link going back to my very first massage video I made back in 1993 called Massage with Confidence and uh, has a full hour. You can buy it on Amazon.com, but don't. You can buy it for free on YouTube. <laughs> I just uploaded it. I look a bit younger back then, but it's a full body massage routine designed for people to massage their friends. Uh, and it's a great routine. It's what I used to do back when I worked at this health club in our area, a big health club. And um, we used to play at local access for years. And it's a great, so there's some great free resources on there for people. And there's some great information for women uh, for not how to find a lump, but how to protect that from ever happening. Some great breast information for self-breast massage. Um, free lectures on there for various things. So lots of good information that's available for free. And there's a link to my book called The Renegade's Guide to Massage Therapy. And in our field, we're taught so many things that are just uh, handed down as truth that's it's not true. And I yes. talked about challenging that, uh, the reality versus what we're told. You know, I was told massage school, we couldn't come, you know, massage cancer patients because we'd spread the cancer. Well, I'm not that good. I can't affect your DNA. I can't, yes. <laughs> I can't do that. So I yes. uh, had some great information in that book as well. I ran a guide to massage therapy, and uh, that was a fun project. But, you know, going through... Um, this process is I'm starting a new book called Run Through the Fire and um, I had a uh, we sat down with my my great aunt uh, this last summer and she asked me she said aren't you just proud aren't you proud of getting through this whole thing and I said no I'm not proud at all she says what do you mean I said well if I were in a house fire and the house is burning down there's flames everywhere and timbers are falling um, and I saw through the flames a door I would run like crazy throughout the fire to get through that door. And she said, yeah, but most people would just sit down in the fire and say, woe is me, and die. You know, I thought, I don't, I don't get that. So no matter what we're going through, running through the fire, no matter what we have to do to get out of that situation, we have a choice. We can sit down, give up, or we can move forward. And, you know, I only have half a ton. I mean, I could think about the worst case. What if it comes back? What if I have no time? Well, people have asked me that. What would you do if you lost your whole time? I'd say I'd write more books. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, there wouldn't be audio books, but I would, you know, I'd write more books. I, um, I do video training things now, a lot of those for business as well as uh, techniques and such. But um, we just run through the fire, get out that door, move forward no matter what at all costs. So that's probably the biggest thing I was, I was I'm working on now. And you know, this last summer was a hard summer for me. Um, if a year ago, you had said my, you know, my assistant, her name is Charity Leishness, uh, an amazing woman. She's an ultra marathoner. That means she doesn't stop at 26.2. She goes 30 and 40 miles. Just amazing. Oh my gosh. Super athlete. Uh, just 
redhead, <laughs> fun, a neat woman, uh, married for uh, a long time to her uh, high school sweetheart, and uh, has an amazing, amazing daughter and just an amazing woman. And if a year ago you had said that one of us would be dead, we could assume it was, of course, me. Mm-hmm. But no, she was. She died this last summer in a freak accident, a freak you know, sports accident where she was crushed, and that just blew me away. I thought, wow. I mean, she would never have thought that was going to happen, yes. right? So, even more so, that pushed me forward and think, okay, life is short. Yes. So, what am I going to do today? Each day I get up, what can I do? How can I bless mm-hmm. one person today? How can I be a difference in their life? And that and that piece is so so important. You know, like I said before, life is a death sentence. We're all going to die. So how are we instead think about how we're going to live instead? And that's probably the biggest thing for me has been um, has been a process of, of thinking that through and how do I make a difference while I'm here. Oh, Robert, that is beautiful. And uh, I, I don't know about our listeners. It would be really fun if they jumped in on this. But I know personally I am I am going to take that on today. Tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm going to say, how can I bless one person today? That's beautiful. You know, oftentimes I hear people say, you know, make yourself number one. And if everybody makes themselves number one, that means they have one person looking out for them. But instead, if we all think about how can we bless everybody else around us, then we're all blessed by yes. many people, right? Yes. And so oftentimes our focus is so much internalized about ourselves and how do I make myself rich? How do I make myself this? How do I make myself that? And it's all about me, me, me. And if we all make it about everybody, that we're all taken care of or watched over and we're yes. blessed uh, by blessings from multiple people versus just one. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. I've, I've always felt, even in my restaurant days, you know, it's about serving. It's about taking care of my customers. But it's about loving them. And, and the restaurant was a huge success. It exactly. wasn't about the bottom line and the dollar and what I'm paying out, what I'm getting. It was about loving and serving everyone that walked in the door. And I think when we have that attitude, who can we bless? I'm going to bless others. I think you get that back tenfold. Right. Yeah, there was a book I read the title of once. That's all you need. You don't need to buy the book. It's, you know, do what you love and the money will follow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I love what I do. I, um, you know, the money will figure itself out. You know, it's just uh, if we do what we love and we and we love other people, make a difference and bless them. And um, I think that's what it's all about is yes. uh, love your neighbor, right? It's a simple. And, you know, that's that that really that takes courage. And, you know, that's a lot. Any any words for those out there that may be thinking right now what I'm doing, I really don't love. It's not passionate for me. But can I leave that to find something else? Any words of encouragement on that line, Robert? Yeah, I, I think it's hard. A lot of people try to start a new business and keep their current job and try to start the new one. I'm kind of an all-or-nothing kind of guy. When I decided to be a massage therapist and I told my uh, my then-wife, uh, my girl's mom, I told her, I said, you know, I want to be a massage therapist. And she thought, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I quit my job, went back to school, and put all my efforts into that one thing. And it worked. And then I decided to uh, start a massage school. I, I this is very few people know this, but in order to become approved for a school in Washington State, a vocational school, we actually have to have a school running with students in it before the state will come to review you and give you a license. 
Well, that means you have to sign leases, you have to buy equipment, you have to sign contracts with students and then get approved. And so that's what happened to me. And so my my father, I put everything on the line for the school. And uh, he said, what happens if it fails? I said, I lose everything. He says, what do you mean by everything? I said, everything. I lose everything that I have. And so I think we have to... Find what you love and put so much into it that, you, that failure is not an option. You know, and even if you do fail, that's not really failure at all. It's just an opportunity for something different yet. You know, so the school for me was my first one. Now I'm doing these seminars, and I have a seminar coming up, like I said, in, in Tacoma with 400 people coming to that. And I paid the rent and paid everything, and just said, I'm just going to do it and see what happens. You know, yes. worst case doesn't work, and I try something different. But um, you know, it's just, it's fun taking chances on what I love versus not taking a chance and not doing what I yes. really could have been doing all along. Yes, and because you love everything so passionately and you're you're doing it, you're helping so many other people. That, that's great, just, isn't it? Yes. I mean, if you think about the self-serving aspect oh. of doing some of the seminar for free and helping therapists be more successful, well... Now they'll have the money they can pay for another seminar, right? Or yes. uh, it doesn't matter. I joke about this one technique we do for carpal tunnel. And I tell my therapist, never charge for this. Do it for free. So if I see a person in the grocery store, they're wearing a splint, and you say, are you scheduled for surgery? And they say, yes. I say, give me your card. Offer to work on twice in a week for free. Karen, as I tell people, I say, I say, if I can't fix you in two treatments, I'll give you 50 bucks. And they say, why would you do that? I say, because it's going to happen. So you're going to get better. Cancel your surgery. You know, tell all your friends and family. They'll come to me. I'll take their money. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, and so if we if we bless people, somehow it's going to come back to us in yes. a different way. It may not be money. It may be something else. But just uh, you know, I, I, I it can't be about money. You know, yes. it just ruins everything. Do it yes. for love. Do it for what you what you focus oh. on. It's got to be important and fun to you. Yes, I love that. I love that. That is that says so much and. You see that with so many people out there that began with that kind of thought. And you are making a difference for so many people. And, and you know, to, to be a speaker and doing all that you're doing with half of your tongue. I mean... Yeah, they, uh, you've heard that foot and mouth disease. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they actually use this chunk of my forearm. If you go to... Uh, uh, my website, Hossie Mouth Therapy, there's actually a link on there. Uh, one of the news reports that was uh, done by NBC. And uh, if you search for, you know, uh, half a tongue or as a public speaker or whatever, yes. you'll find it. But, uh, you know, they had to take this large chunk of my tongue and make a fold to make a flap to make a pseudo tongue in my you know, my mouth. So my one half has to make the other half work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that and that scar looks like, it sounds horrible, but like a big sperm. It's a very funny-looking scar, and I. Mm-hmm. But to me, that is a daily reminder of life. Yes. Every time I see that scar, it reminds me of a second chance. Yes. And uh, um, you know, the, the scars that we have in life aren't ugly. They're reminders of what we've gone through and how that made us a better person. If we haven't become a better person yet, well, we still have time. So, look back at those scars as being things that oh, helps you. I love you. that, Robert. Instead of something that is going to depress us or pull us down, look at it as something that's going to take us forward. Right. And, you know, it's interesting for massage therapy. A lot of massage therapists have gone through some pretty horrific things uh, personally, physically. There's been things that have happened to them that are just unspeakable horrors they've gone through. But I tell them, please don't be a broken therapist because of that. Let that give you the empathy to be able to understand people better and and have better support for them and care. We can't fix people's minds. That's not our job. We're not supposed to be counselors. 
but we can definitely um, just be loving and caring in a very, very protective way. I had a man come to me years ago um, for a massage, and he was very timid and quiet. And he came in the first time. I just said, what can I do for you? And he said, I just need to relax. And I said, okay. And I massaged him and worked on him. And at the end of the massage, he said, do you have an appointment next Tuesday available at the same time? I said, yeah. And this went on for months. And eventually, I asked him out to coffee to talk, and he was because uh, he had asked me to join their clinic uh, for a, a therapy center they were at. And he told me, he said, "You know, the week I met you, I was going to commit suicide." And I said, "He said, but you're the first man that didn't take from me. You blessed me with your hands and didn't take from me." And I thought, "Wow, powerful oh what we do and um, the words that we speak." You know, yeah. the, the, the just giving healthy touch and healthy words and love by our, our actions is, is pretty yes. big. So he's still a friend today. You know, I look back and think, wow, what if? Uh, yeah, so. what if? Oh, and he came to you and, and oh, I wanted to share that. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Oh, well, Robert, I, I am just so touched by everything you've said. We have just a couple moments left in the show. Any any last words you'd like to share with everyone? Well, I would say the first thing people need to do is get a piece of paper and pen out and start writing down the blessings in their life. Spend the next seven days. Say, okay, I'm going to keep that tablet or in my pocket, and every single thing I that I have in my life is a blessing. Write it down. And it might be um, a smell of cookies being cooked in the morning or <laughs> bacon or whatever, or it might be um, the friends that you have, or it might be the lessons you've learned from your grandma who's passed or whatever, um, your faith, um, what that means to you and, and write the blessings down because sometimes when you feel like it's all broken and we've lost it all, we can go back and say, okay, what blessings do I have in my life? Yes. And we're all blessed. Yes. And, uh, even the smallest of things we're blessed. So go back and, and uh, let that inventory have a positive effect on you and stop thinking about what you don't have and yes. start realizing what we do have. And people around us, the uh, relationships we have, we often overlook those for what's ahead and miss out on who's right there, who's, who's mm-hmm. uh, in our lives that we uh, can bless and be blessed by. Yes. And really that's night and day, isn't it? Which direction we turn our viewpoint this is my blessings, this is what I'm grateful for, this is what I want, this is what I don't have. They're like, they're night and day. Yeah, there's a balance of um, not focusing on the the negative of where we're at uh, and looking ahead down the road, like I said, and driver's ed, you know, but at the same time as what we should look at that's close to us is the blessings. You know, look at the blessings mm-hmm. close to you and look down the road for, um, for the, the future and triumph of what's going to come. Yeah. Yeah, so have like a balance there, have the what right. we're grateful for, but yet envision and look for what's wonderful to come. Right. Yes. Yeah, just finding John Daly has said, you know, I when someone comes to you with a need or you see a need they haven't even asked you about, um, how can you take care of that? How can you bless that person? Uh, it might be money. It might be watching their kids so their um, husband and wife can go on a date. Yes. The marriage needs to have that invigoration of, of hope, whatever the case is. Is that oftentimes offering what wasn't asked of us is a bigger blessing than what was asked of us. Oh, Robert, this thank you so much. Yeah. I, I'm afraid we have to say goodbye, everyone. What a beautiful show. I'm so honored. And to everyone out there, thank you. Love, hugs, and blessings. Robert, love, hugs, and blessings. Thank to you so you. much. Thank Thanks, you. Paula. 
Thank you again for tuning into For the Love of Reiki. Please join your host, Paula Vale, again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel to learn more about your better health. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.